of Soccer Nation, the premier podcast for fans of NCAA women's collegiate soccer with Old Miss women's head coach Matt Mock and Rice women's head coach Brian Lee. You can download this podcast from all your favorite podcast providers. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell a friend. And now, Coach Mock and Coach Lee. College Soccer Nation listeners, what a treat we have for you tonight. This is Matt Mott, the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. I am joined with Brian Lee from the Rice Owls, the head coach. Brian, we have quite a show tonight, don't we? Oh, and if, if we got the guests of all guests <laughs> coming in. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. Please welcome to the show the head coach of the Chicago Red Stars, Chris Petroselli, formerly known as, you know, a, a contributor to this wonderful podcast. Maybe we can call creator of this podcast. Chris, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Matt. I'm doing good. Really happy to be back here with you guys. Um, I, I, I got to admit, I haven't listened much, but I have been told that you still lose every power five. <laughs> you still lose every argument that Brian has been dominating you for, for months. Is that true, Brian? I, I don't know who your sources are, but they have no idea. What they're not listening either, clearly. I think your, your sources are clearly listening closely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we have a good show tonight. We're going to do a conference preview. So Robbie will join us here in a little bit, the mayor. And uh, the four of us are going to go through the nine um conferences i don't know what you call them, power conferences or not but it's the power five plus the wcc the ivy league the aac and the big east um which will be fun and we've all kind of done our homework and give, gonna give a little preview on each and we'll kind of discuss it uh as we get going because it's uh it's opening week brian preseason is coming to a close um and we've had some things pop open during preseason that you and i've discussed and we thought we'd bring to the podcast um so something to discuss. We can we can add Chris's opinion in this as well. Uh, but you have a major issue with shenanigans during preseason. Is that the right way to call it? I, Christmas. I, yeah, I wouldn't Christmas. say shenanigans. So, and there's no shenanigans about it. It's yep. preseason is short, right? What do we get? Yes. Week, 17 days max to train. So I think we're training mainly, it would seem. But if you checked out college soccer social media, you would think like the Glee Club was meeting. <laughs> it's hard to know that there's that it's a soccer team other than maybe on Christmas in July, July 31st, the shot where everyone walks into the locker room and celebrates because they got two new pairs of Adidas shorts. And <laughs> look at my new backpack. Woohoo! <laughs> This is the greatest, you know, that kicks it off. So you have issue with this. Why? I, I, yeah, well, I have, yeah, I got a lot of things, Matt. The, here's what I think about Christmas in July. This is my first and foremost, and it goes beyond that. You know, it's all the other little social media, non-soccery type things. But my biggest issue is Christmas in July it's just a video of the kids getting stuff. So you're looking at kids <laughs> celebrating Christmas as 19 year olds. Look at all this free stuff. Uh-huh. So all it screams to me is it's so exciting to get something for nothing. We haven't even been here yet. And 
flash forward in two months, you're going to be sitting on the sideline at a game and the guy or girl whose program is doing their two and a half minute social media hit on Christmas in July is going to be complaining about the kids being entitled and the kids didn't work for anything. And the kids, you know, but all I see is Christmas in July and your trip to the lake. What do you think about that, Matt? So I have, I have a lot of thoughts. Number one, I think you are way off base with this. Number one, I think you couldn't be farther off base. I think, first of all, the kids have earned that, the players have earned that gear by what they did in the summer, by what they did to get to university, and for the returners, what they've done for the amount of time in your program. So they have absolutely earned their gear. So to say that they haven't earned anything is 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 not true. Right. Number two, I don't see it as entitlement. I see it as pumping out information to who? Your fans, their families. See, let me ask you this. Do the kids not get excited at Rice when they get their gear? Is that not something that yeah. yeah, okay. So is it just don't throw it on to show is issue to show on social media so your fans are gonna say, Wow, that's great, good for them. I'm looking forward to their games. When are their games? Maybe I'll go to the games. It has nothing to do with the entitlement of the players. I think that's ridiculous. No, uh, no to no, be no. quite honest. Well, we can agree to disagree. Here's what you're gonna have to. Well, what do you no 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 no? I want I'm gonna put you on your college soccer brain. Okay. When you do that, you're trying to talk to your fans. Or are you trying to well, talk? That's to one people? part of it. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. Well, what is the major reason Christmas in July social media is done from a coaching to, to pump out to pump out um, information about your team no. to who to whoever's on social media? Come on, Matt. Just say Matt, it. just say the <laughs> word. say what say the word say it say it say it. <laughs> I don't know if you're talking about recruits. I wasn't following. I so apologize. I'm going to compare it to something okay. for you. So right. when you can't sleep at night and you're up at 3 a.m. and you're flipping through the stations and you get the George Foreman grill, what's that thing called? The infomercial? <laughs> yeah. yeah. George yeah. Foreman grill. Yeah. yeah. A guy like you likes to grill. It's a good product. It is a good product. Guy like you likes to grill. <laughs> You're like, hey, let me watch this commercial. And the next thing you know, you've been entranced by the George Foreman grill for 20 minutes. Yeah. Because that they're direct marketing you. Yes. So when we do Christmas in July, you're direct marketing for entitled kids via your social media. Because it's a I don't, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't I don't think that I don't think that you can sit here and say a one minute video about players being excited about the new gear that they have earned. They have earned I, that I, gear. I don't come at me with, don't come at me with you got to pass the fitness I, I don't, test. I don't, I don't, don't, agree don't that come at me with, don't come at me with that you got to pass the fitness test and all that crap before you get, I think that's the most ridiculous thing ever. I do. They have worked, they have earned their spot. You've recruited them to come play for you. So clearly at some point in their career, they've done work to receive a pair of shorts to wear at practice. And, well, right well, or wrong? Flashback. I'm not saying don't give it to them. I'm saying. I, I understand. But at some point you have to give it to them, right? No, you can give it to them on the first day. You can lay it out. That's when they're doing this. Report day. Hey, Matt. We give them their gear. It's sitting in their thing. We're not bringing the cameras in so we can direct It's content that, that well, I'm sorry, Rice yeah, doesn't have a video department that will pump out content to the to the 
Let's ask a neutral. Yeah, Chris, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Matt, you're saying that at some point in their career, they've done something to deserve this. Okay. Yeah. That means the kid who comes in and for four years has done nothing for you. All right. For four years, they, they have sat on the bench for four years. They got in trouble for four years. They ate themselves off the field. Okay. Uh-huh. That, that player deserves it because when they were in high school, they scored a goal in the state championship game. All right, Chris, Ashley Orcus. I don't know. I'm time go get, no, no, I'm asking you. Ashley Orcus, two-time goalkeeper of the year. Yeah. Bust her ass, works hard every single day, sure. rain and cold, whatever. She doesn't deserve it. You got 25 so the of those on your team? Of that too. You got 25 what? of those on your team? No, but I don't. I, I only. Ha- I don't have anybody that ate themselves to whatever you said. I'm the only one that's eating myself into not being able to run. I'm the only one. Here's the, here's the other thing. Here, here's then- the other thing that gets me. Okay, Brian, I'm with you on this. I I, I agree with you. I don't think players should be war- rewarded for doing nothing. They've done nothing yet. What do you the mean? Season hasn't they've started. Done nothing. So so none of your players are coming fit. They've done nothing over the summer, Brian. Your players didn't on play July in the 31st, summer. Did they play in the summer? Did they July play 31st, in we don't know that. Again, did they, hold on. Did they play in the summer just to play, or did they play to prepare themselves for the season? We don't Why know. Why were they playing? Because they're having fun? Hey, are they trying to get ready to give you a bad Matt, player? You are missing my primary point. Which By putting what? it on social media, you are celebrating free stuff Christmas in July, right? The, most people say Christmas in July. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I get I get free yes, Christmas, absolutely. just presents, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not even saying you can't put it on social media. I mean, we give them the stuff. Put it on social media if you want. However, as a coach, when you let that happen, you are forfeiting the moaning later in the year or at the end of the season about entitled kids on your team because you're direct marketing to entitled kids just like the George Foreman grill master that you bought three of one night at 2 Well, we have to move the podcast forward. I think you're wrong. I think there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, how about this, Brian? Yeah. The lake day so they can't go to the lake. Is oh, that God. is that marketing Drive somehow? somehow too? All of the activities. Like, yeah. So the, the, the magic now, show, Chris, you didn't like college, the magic show? <laughs> as a college <laughs> soccer coach, all of a sudden now you have to entertain the team, right? You have to find ways to entertain the team. Oh, look, they're missing the pro, 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 pro coach. Pro coach never now we have to anybody. find a way to entertain. And yeah. here's the other piece that, that, that gets me. I think that you should never have a preseason all-conference team. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I'm with I you. I mean, you're, you're, that makes you're rewarding ridiculous. kids for doing what? Playing well last year? So hold on, Chris. But hold on. Let's back this up. So you're so in your world, never can the team have any fun whatsoever doing anything except playing soccer. Is that there what you're saying? Now we, you now can't we, have now any fun. There's no to fun to be had level. ever at all, right? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Is, is that is that what you heard heard us say, being Brian? That's what you, you just said. Yes, I did, I did not hear that. <laughs> you, but neither one of you guys will allow anybody to have any fun. That's it's not, only got to be soccer. I the passing patterns you, are the only fun thing they can do. I will say <laughs> to you that most of these teams that I've seen on social media um, that are spending time with the Lake Day and all this other stuff. They can't pass the ball. So maybe they should work on passing the ball. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you just I, talked about every every college soccer team I, there is. So I'll, I'll you, say this. Are, are we are we golf? How many top golf teams? Not top, top, oh, yeah, top, 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 top golf. Like 300 and one. And of your 26 kids, 
how many are really enjoying hitting a golf ball? A hundred degrees out if you're in the yeah, south. Yeah, hundred degrees. You're outside in the bin or whatever. Food's good at Top Golf though. The food is good at Top Golf. <laughs> the food is good. So maybe it's the food. Yeah, you got to do something. Listen, we we spend a lot of time together. You got to do something. All right, we're moving on. Um, no power five today because we have enough nonsense. We're we're discussing that's for sure. And uh, the next thing is another thing I wrote down here, Brian, is preseason is over. Oh, yeah. Thank God. I don't have to read about the lake trips and the magic shows. And- yeah, and some we're moving on. So, some we're moving somebody's somebody's going to actually publish a story about a game or a Darren, player. Darren, put on great. the poll. Darren, put on the poll. Uh, if you're if you put Christmas in July, then every one of your players is entitled. If your kids <laughs> no, enjoy no, no, their new slates. You're still missing it. You're still missing it. It's you. They're entitled. You're, they're you're entitled. Right Put it, put it on the poll. All right. Um, preseason is over. You know, I've thought at times, is it now, is this entitled? I'd like to make up a t-shirt that says, I survived preseason Ole Miss 2022 preseason. What do you think about that? I don't know. You survived the <laughs> water balloon obstacle course you had going. Yeah, that was fun too. Is that entitled? That's who should have got, that's that got your t-shirt. Would that I new survived. t-shirt be Christmas in August then? Yeah, maybe so. God forbid. Yeah, we can't have that. All right, we're moving on. Um, preseason is over. We have a college, a uh, pro soccer coach here with us, Brian, that we know well. We need a quick little update from him. Chris, tell us what it's like. Tell us, coaches that are dealing with entitled players, only entitled players, what it's like to coach in the pros. It's uh, different, for sure. Mm. Um, and I think um, – First of all, the lifestyle is different. The lifestyle is very different. You know, no recruiting. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not, you know, running around the country chasing 15-year-old kids and, you know, talking to them on the phone about Meg the Stallion and things like that. You know, like you're you're dealing with adults. Um, you're you're uh, dealing with serious. Everybody's a serious soccer player. Um, so so you know it's. Look, I love it. It, it. It's been it's been fantastic. Um, you know, we have a, a small league, right? So there's only 11 teams that that we're concerned about. Where you guys are, you know, you got to worry about maybe 20 games in your schedule, plus maybe teams that you might play later on and things like that. So you got a lot more scouting to do than we do. We we play teams everybody twice, so you know you get pretty familiar with everybody. On a weekend, I can watch all the games in the league easily, right? There's only including our game, six games. Um, and it's, it's nice. Um, but it is, it certainly is different. I mean, I'm dealing with some, some people who are in their thirties, you know, players on our team who are in, in their thirties. So one of the things that I had to adjust to was, you know, what their schedule should be and, and, and how their schedule fits within the team because they take longer to recover. You know, there's none of this bounce back the next day, they're ready to go, or two days are ready to go. Some of those guys need three or four days before they can really train significantly. Um, so that was a little bit of an adjustment for me. I, I think I learned that um, as, as time went on. And, um, you know, I, I, I've certainly am a lot more uh, less of a dictator, I guess. I mean, the, 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 Hard you to know, believe. the, <laughs> the team kind of runs itself because I don't have to, you know, and, and I think they, they certainly do a lot of things, right. So uh, 
it's been a pretty good experience. So you obviously have, you know, a few of the top players you would argue in the world, right? Some U.S. national team players and in, in, um, in Mallory Pugh and obviously your goalkeeper. Um, what's it, is it different dealing with them or coaching them or is it seen differently on the field? How does that work? Like, what's that like when we're yeah. working with the best of the best? Uh, I, I mean, certainly it's different. I mean, there's a lot uh, with those guys. There's a lot of outside stuff. You know, there's, you know, I have this uh, um, photo shoot, you know, that somebody's paying me a lot of money for on on this date. And, you know, it doesn't look like I, I'm going to be able to make training. Or, you know, I have, uh, you know, we get, they go off with the national team and they're gone and, you know, they come back beat up um, all the time. And those two are, those two, you know, Nair and Pew are very, very different in the way that, um, the way that they sort of return into the market. Mal always needs a couple extra days. Um, you know, she's got a little bit of a bulky knee and uh, she likes her time with her family. And, you know, she's, uh, uh, she's got a fiance and she's got family time that, that she really likes. Um, so Mal always needs a couple extra days. Uh, Alyssa Nair is the hardest working player I've ever seen. So she will show up the day after national team camp and jump right out there and, and, you know, yell at Roddy to smash balls at her again. Um, so they're, they're both different, but there are, you know, a lot of different things. You got agents involved. You got a lot of different things involved with them. Chris, what's been the biggest learning curve for you? Pure soccer on field stuff uh i guess it's you know the league is so the games are so transitional everything is a transition right and and you're running up and down the field you know like crazy and it's been it's been you know for our team um we don't i don't know that 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 that's great for us so we have to try to control the game a little bit to keep it from being so transitional but i have never seen um, the amount of games that we have that are just end to end for 90 minutes. Interesting. Um, and, and the amount of games that you see that are four, three and, and, and three, three and, and two goal, two goals scored in, in injury time and, and all these crazy things that happen. Interesting. Hmm. What is the, uh, what is your biggest challenge um, as a coach with this team? Yeah, this team is, um, <clears throat> it's a really young team, you know, and there are, uh, with the injuries that we've had and the pregnancies that we've had, you know, we've got seven legitimate starters that, that are unavailable. Um, and so we're playing pretty consistently seven or eight, what I would say are first year players. They may not be their first year in the league, but it's their first year starting. <laughs> Um, so it's a, it's a really young team, um, and, and getting them, you know, figured out and, and going in the right direction. I think, you know, we've, we started really well and, and we've done really well up to this point, but we have hit a little blip here. You know, we, we've lost three of the last four. And I do think that our youth is, um, maybe fatiguing a little bit, um, you know, not, not having played as many games as, as we've played, um, and also the games are getting more and more important. Um, and I think that's hard for a young player. 
I, I think, you know, the, the, the stress that comes with that uh, is hard for a young player. Take out your current team. So Pew or Nair, whoever, who's the best player in the league? Uh, Sophia that's Smith. currently playing Sophia Smith. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's been, she's been really good and you get her ball in, in the attacking third and, and she's getting the goal and her finishing is, is really developed. Um, and she's a young player, you know, she, yeah. she, she's quite young still. Uh, but for me, she's, she's, she's the best player in the league <laughs> outside of Mal. I, I, I honestly think that Mal, um, Mal is the best player in the league, but mm-hmm. Sophia certainly has given her a run. Very similar, aren't they? They are. They look yeah. similar. They play similar. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Who's the best foreign player? Um, you know, you can choose from uh, the two, the two Brazilians, um, Caroline or Dabinha, just your, your preference, you know, on those two for North Carolina, but it's one of those two for sure. It's, and for me, those two are the two best, two yeah. best foreign players in the league. Chris, is there a repetitive weakness you see in the league? Yeah. You know what's interesting in the league is um, uh, every team has a fast, and some teams have more than one, a real fast forward. Um, Very few teams have fast center backs. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the center backs you look at, even even the better ones, like a Becky Sauerbrunn, who's, you know, had a great career, fantastic player. She's not... She's not chasing down Trinity Rodman, you know. So most of the teams in the center part of the back have one or two players that lack some pace. And it's a real interesting dynamic for me because it's right from the start, you know, you got an issue, right? You know, you got players that can get in behind you. Interesting. Really is. So it's tight, right? The league is tight. Oh, yeah. So we're, like I said, we've lost three or four. We're sitting in sixth now. Or five points out of first, you know. So we could we can make that up, uh, I think, relatively quickly. Um, and I think that you know there's a there's a drop off. Uh, you know, Angel City's behind us at seven, and then after that, there's a drop off. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. the league drops off after that. And six go to the tournament. Yeah. The yeah. Playoff. Yeah. 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 Interesting. All right, Chris. Well, certainly very interesting. Good luck. Obviously, we're pulling for you. Win the ho- hoist the trophy this year in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's time, right? Let's bring in the mayor. Right? Robbie Church is here with us again this week. We're happy to have Robbie. So we have a full stack of, of people on tonight. Robbie is with us to do this conference preview. Robbie, how are we doing? We're great. We're great. Hope everybody's doing well. Opening day, two days it's away. It's coming. It's coming. Let's go. I'm sure everybody's excited to, to be playing some great games. Some great games out there too. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a few of those here at the end. But what we're gonna do for everybody, we're gonna go through each of the nine conferences, like we talked about before the the Power Five, and then the uh, WCC, the Big East, the Ivy League, and the AAC. And just give a quick preview. Each of us have a couple. Brian has three. Me, Robin, me, Robbie, and um, Chris all both have two. But we're gonna start with Brian, and we're gonna start out on the West. So Brian, give us a Pac-12 update. Pack 12. All right, UCLA won the league last year unbeaten, but they've got a new coach. All signs are really positive that I've seen about Marguerite. So I think you're looking UCLA and Stanford as the top two tier teams. 
I think they brought in a combined like 15 youth national team players in their freshman classes combined. <laughs> so they should be right there. Next here, Washington State, Southern Cal. If Southern Cal gets lucky and USA joins Canada out of the U20 World Cup here pretty soon, they'll be full strength earlier than you would have thought. Washington State, I call them the South Carolina, the Pac-12. Don't give up goals, extremely well coached. They're in that little second tier. Tier three, Cal, Oregon, Washington, Colorado. Washington goes into year three with Nicole Van Dyke. She's done a great job, had them in a sweet 16, lots of in-state talent, always boys them. Colorado's got Coleman coming over from Stanford, Stanford's top scorer. I think it's taken her fifth year. Oregon, uh, he's done a really good job, really fast. They've got the uh, Pac-12 goalkeeper returning. And then Cal, we all know how talented Cal is. They could make a little run. And then the bottom there, competing for the wooden spoon, Oregon State, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Arizona State's the interesting one with the Chelsea product, Nicole Douglas, who bagged, I think, 19 goals last year. You know, so they've got a chance to jump up. And the others are still on new coaches, which is kind of a recurring trend across the country. But I like UCLA in the end. I like UCLA a lot nationally as well. Did you say Bozeman? What was that word you used there? I do not know. Nicole Douglas? Like, no, Bozeman. Oh, Boyd. Maybe, oh, Boyd. Uh, oh, Boyd. Uh, the table, maybe? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes okay, so your winner of the Pac-12 is who? UCLA. The sleeper is who? You know, my sleeper is Washington State. You got to just give them the respect and the coaching change at Southern Cal and UCLA might open up the door for them. And then there's someone to watch. You know, I like Nicole Douglas a ton, the Chelsea kid. And can she push Arizona State into, you know, maybe at-large consideration, maybe get Graham in the NCAA tournament? Okay. Nice job, Brian. Nice job. Chris, anything you'd like to add? Uh, I think that was so well done that I'm, <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> Churchy, anything? Are we good to move on? I think he covered it A to Z. He did. Very good. I don't I think agree. there's anything to add, and, and he can do my two conferences. <laughs> so he did very well. All right, Chris, WCC, we're staying out west. So the WCC is an, in an interesting league. You know, if you look back in the history, there were, there were two teams that were consistently Final Four teams, late 90s, early 2000s in, in Portland and, and Santa Clara. And... Um, you know, unfortunately, we we lost Clive, and 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 uh, and Portland took a took a little bit of a, a dive, and but they've uh, recovered with BYU and and Santa Clara now being two real powerhouses and two teams into into the Final Four, and um, you know teams that have that have done really well nationally. So it's a it's a very competitive league at the top. Um, Maybe maybe not as competitive at, at the bottom, but you do have, you know, you've got uh, teams like uh, Pepperdine, uh, who who uh, traditionally have been very good and and are, and are tough to beat. And um, looks to me like um, San Francisco has made a bit of a jump, and and Jimmy Millender's done a good job with that group, and at a place that you know hasn't won a lot over the years, but he's he's put a pretty good group together. And Gonzaga's made a um, a step up as well. They were a team that last year we were watching pretty closely, and uh, I think a good uh, a good a good number of players back. So, 
I think the top part of the league is um, is very competitive, and and the you know the absolute top of the league in in BYU and Santa Clara are are teams that can beat anybody in the country and have proven that over the last couple of years. Lots lots of lots of quality players rolling out of that league though this this past year and yeah and B- so that, big losses right big, yeah, losses, big losses right I mean uh, yeah if you look at uh, you know BYU losing Clough that's a that's a big loss um, Santa Clara lost a lot you know and yeah and Turnbull and, and, yeah, and then, Tucker from BYU and and, and, and then a big person. injury for Santa Clara you know Sally Menti you know tearing her mm-hmm. ACL at the end of twenties I mean Sally. I thought was sort of the unsung hero on that team. I mean, she really did all the dirty. Really work was. In the middle. Yep. So, um, you know, Jerry's going to have to figure some things out, but we know we will. You know, yeah, absolutely. He does every year, and so that's my uh, my team to win it is Santa Clara. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just because uh, I, I trust that that Jerry will get it fig- get it figured out for sure. You sleeper? Uh, Pepperdine. Um, Pepperdine's a, a, a team. You know. Every year in, in the non-conference, they beat somebody, whether it's UCLA or USC or somebody else along the way. Every year they beat somebody, and then uh, they always run through the league pretty well. And, um, you know, then they come up against the Santa Claras of the world, and, and, and maybe they don't quite get to the top of it. Uh, but that would be one that I'd look out for. Was that, was that last year they went to A&M and TCU, beat them both? A couple of years ago, Pepperdine did that. Could have yeah. been. Yeah. yeah, and then you're uh, someone to watch. Yeah, BYU, right? BYU okay. after after losing some players and mm-hmm. um, but they always retool. They always wow. they always retool. All of a sudden you get, you know, you're halfway through the season and you're going, who are these kids from BYU? Like where, where did these kids come from? You know, and and they're tearing it up and scoring goals like crazy. Very good. Robbie, Brian, anything that no. question? No, I think you know, I agree hundred percent with BYU. They, you know, they just seem to plug in the players in their system of play. And, you know, you, you, some of them go out that you know, and then all of a sudden here they come back and they put the, like the same type of player in that system of play. And they have the same success year in and year out. Um, it's a team you don't want to play. It's a team you don't want to play in the NCAA tournament. So I think it's, they did have some big losses, but I think as the year goes on, that's, that's going to be a team to watch and be a tough out by the time you get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. It's going to be super interesting if Gonzaga can make it a group of four. Can they join in with Pepperdine, Santa Clara, BYU, and make that leap? Because that's a tough, tough, tough leap. Those three traditionally, they just produce players, and that's probably the the best development of players league in the country at the top end. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's keep let's keep rolling. Uh, Churchy, you have the Big East. Um, yeah, you know, again, you talk about the Big East, you talk about Dave Nolan and Georgetown, how dominant they, they've been in year in, year out. You know, last year, Big East sent five teams, five mm-hmm. teams to the to the tournament. I think they're going to be a little bit hard-pressed to, to get that many teams in this year. But I think the top five teams are all – they're going to be back. They're all going to be very good. Dave, Dave Georgetown is the uh, preseason uh, pick in the league. Um, they returned their goalkeeper. That was very, very good transfer from Boston College. I think, you know, they're always very stout defensively. I think they're what they need is going to – are they going to have goal scorers? Are they going to score goals in, in kind of the big conference games? And then they have a bear of an out of a out-of-conference schedule opening up with Penn State on, on Thursday too. So they'll know pretty quickly where they are. Um, I think, you know, one of the best coaching jobs that is done in the country is – is done by Nate at Xavier, and not a lot of people know that. 
Um, I remember when Nate took the job, and I think we played them his very first game, and they were not very good. And the job he's done in the years that he's been there has been fantastic. And every year they've gotten better and better and better. I know they had some losses. I know they had some key losses. They lost the first team all-conference all defender. They lost what was probably the, the best goalkeeper in the Big East last year. Um, so I think it's, you know, that's going to be hard. I think they're going to have a hard time kind of re reaching the same level they were um, last year. But I, I think they're still going to be a, a very good team. And I still think they're going to be an NCAA team. And I think Butler's going to Butler's another one. It's there year in year out. Um, they do a great job as the co -head, head coaches. They are they're you know the the, the thing they just got to figure out. They've got some goal scorers. Um, they just got to win those big games. They they just kind of they're they're right in the middle of the conference and upper conference, but they they have a hard time beating the top teams in their con in the in their conference too. And um, you know I tell you I think is going to really have a great year is, is Providence. Sam Lopes does a great job at Providence. They have a lot of seniors. They are really prime for this year to be to be a, a really, really good year. I think you'll see them be an NCAA tournament team, but I think you more than that, I see you, I think they have a chance to win a game or two in in the tournament too. And then of course Ian Stone and it was a was a fifth team that got in last year. And you know he he they barely got in, but then they won two or three games in the NCAA tournament and, and made a run to the final 16. So I think you'll see five teams go in um, from the Big East this year. But I think Georgetown will be the winner. Um, my sleeper team will be Providence, and the team to keep an eye on will be Butler because they have they have one of the top defenders and one of the top attackers in in the conference. All right, very good. Brian, does Big East get five in this year again? I don't think so, but I do think they're better than their performance last year in the NCAAs. Hopefully the committee won't hold that against them. Yeah. But yeah. i tell you this, if a coach gets married in the uh, Big East, the mayor's going to be there. He knows them all. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Uh, Chris, anything on the Big East? Yeah, I, I was interested to hear about Providence because I've, I've, uh, I've thought that they were an up-and-coming team and, and watching over the last couple of years. And um, I know they keep, getting in they keep getting better and better. So I was, I was interested to, to hear Robbie's thoughts on, on Providence. Awesome. I think if you look at their roster, they're probably, they're probably you know, start eight to nine junior seniors. So they're yeah. older and been through the Big East War. So keep an eye on them. Good. All right, I'm going to go now, boys. I'm going to do the AAC, okay? And this is uh, a conference that's near and dear to all of our hearts, for sure. Uh, but I think um, it is, this year is Memphis is, you know, they were the league favorite with the coaches, and they are loaded. They they are loaded from top to top to back, and, and um, you know, great center back they have. Um, you know, it's interesting. They have um, Miller is picked as the offensive player of the year, and that's, you know, where does Maya Jones fit in that? I think Maya Jones is one of the most dangerous players in the country. Really good player for them. They have a great back line. Storty out of the back is also a fantastic player that comes forward. It's so dangerous. Um, I, I think they're really – we played them three times last year. We played one in the regular season, twice in the spring. Uh, really good team. Very organized. Brooks keeps doing it year after year after year, turning out these really good teams. So Memphis is one for me. I think UCF is – too, but it's kind of UCF and, and um, SMU in South Florida, I think, would be, as Brian called them, tier two. I think they're all three of them are chasing Memphis. It's uh, To me, that league is almost turned into a four-horse four horse race every year with those four teams. Uh, UCF has got 
you know, the goalkeeper's back who was, who was big time. Um, you know, I have a good forward back again. It was preseason all conference South Florida. You never count out South Florida. Nobody wants to go to South Florida and play down there. They're always tough. Denise does a great job with them. Um, they'll be there. And then, you know, a little bit of next factor is what's Nicole going to do with, uh, with SMU, you know, Chris left the cupboards bare. So she's going to have to retool that team. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but no, Nicole will put her stamp on them. They'll be a tough team for sure. And uh, there's no doubt she'll do a good job. I think the rest of the league, you know, Cincinnati, Houston, Temple, East Carolina, and Tulsa, um, you know, Cincinnati's probably uh, Cincinnati, Houston, right? Probably the next, next two teams. And then kind of the other three at the bottom, new coach at East Carolina. Um but again, AAC is always fun to watch. There's always tough games. Um, you see, even the, maybe some of the guys in the back struggling, they'll jump up and and uh, snag a win or two. Okay, the team to win it clearly for me is is Memphis. I think uh, a team to keep an eye on is uh, is SMU and what does Nelly do? And then uh, the sleeper to win the whole thing. I don't know if you call it a sleeper, but I'll take UCF to to maybe knock off Memphis as a possible choice. Chris. AAC, anything you disagree or want to change? No, or? I I agree. I think Memphis is, is is very talented and and loaded and 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 you know experienced and the the players you mentioned are are fantastic players and uh, so I think Memphis is is the class of the league. Um, I do I do agree with you. Watch out for UCF. Um, they bring back a lot of players. They picked up a couple of new ones. Um, remember the schedule they played a year ago and, and it's not quite as hard, but it's sure. still pretty difficult. Uh, so I think it's a team that's, you know, been through the wars a little bit. Um, so I, I think that's a team, a team really to watch. Um, South Florida lost a lot. The, mm -hmm. They lost a lot of players. It may take them a year or two to, to get back to where they were before, but they still will be competitive. They absolutely will compete, you know, every match that they play. Um, the SMU group, you know, near and dear to my heart, uh, talented, um, you know, some players are going to have to step up, you know, if Drew Bolin becomes a, a, a goal scorer for them, watch out. Um, because that's probably the place that, that, you know, we've lacked, uh, over the last couple of years. Um, the midfield midfield's fantastic with, with Balada and, and, uh, Sabasco and, and Sapos. So, uh, they're pretty good. And, and I do, Cincinnati is one, um, you know, recruiting power five players now, right. As, as they, they're getting ready to make that move. Um, and has that impacted their recruiting? I don't know. Uh, Tom Agnos there, um, yeah. who is a good recruiter, who, yes. who is a good recruiter. Uh, and, and do we see, you know, his stamp a little bit on, on, on that team. And they're always a difficult, difficult team to play. Uh, one, because, you know, the, the home field, the turf is, is difficult. And two, because Neil has them playing, you know, as hard as anybody every match that they play. So that's always one to keep an eye on. Yeah. Brian, anything to add with them? No, I thought that's a pretty solid AAC. Look, Chris, what's, an, what's the average number of AAC teams that get to the tournament on a normal year? I'd say at this point it's two. You know, it's it's two to three. There, and you know, some yeah. years three. It's two to three. Yeah. You're counting the automatic, obviously. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it rolling here, Brian. Bring us into the Ivy. 
Oh, I love it. All right. Ivy, maybe the most interesting league in the country. You know, at the top end, got that little crowd that might be smarter than we even think they are. Kind of looked <laughs> like they duped the committee last year. Um, a little bit like the Big East. But Brown, Princeton, Harvard, those three are legit. Certainly in the, in the argument to be top 30 in the country. Last year, Brown went 7-0. and Princeton 6-1, and Harvard 5-2. and What I find with them is the schedules have taken a little different look, and these are legit non-conference games. Brown plays Hofstra, Oklahoma State, and Ohio State. Princeton plays Rutgers, Hofstra, and LSU. Harvard plays NC State and TCU. So we're going to find out just how good those three teams are, mm -hmm. and there's a real chance that those Power 5 teams playing them are the ones who are going to find out how good those three teams are. They are talented and they've recruited a really high level. So that's the top end middle-class Columbia, Dartmouth, Penn, all good teams, but it's going to be hard to catch those top three. And then the two lately that should just hit the library early Cornell and Yale, <laughs> Yale still recovering from the varsity blues stuff. They'll, they'll be yeah. back, but yeah. um, tough league for those guys. So, and you're asking me for a favorite, a sleeper. What are you? What are the? Yeah, we need team to win, sleeper, and someone to watch. And we've done it five times already. You get. Yeah, exactly. Right Thanks for paying attention. That's for God's sakes, that's a lot. That's a lot. Somebody wake him up. For. All right, my uh, my league winner is Brown. I do think okay. they're going to go back to back. I think people underestimate just how talented they are. My sleeper team. I really like the idea of Christy Turner coming over from Monmouth at Penn. That's going to be mm. interesting. That is a veteran coach with a good team. Even if it's if they can sneak in the top three, that'd be fantastic. But they're the they're for me. They're the fourth potential at large team if things go really really well for the Ivy. And then uh, who to watch out for? You know, I like looking at players in that. Kayla Duran, the Boston College transfer at Brown. That's a potential All American coming in. So um, adding to that little talent pool. Okay, very nice. All right. Uh, Robbie, yes, sir. The big, let's go with the big. Uh, anybody to add? Sorry to the Ivy. Everybody good with the Ivy? That was good, Brian. All good. Brian does an excellent All job. Good. All right, good. Churchy. Let's go with the Big Twelve. Big Twelve. I think you. You know, you the three at the top are all going to be national contenders. They they are year in year out. I think you TCU, Texas, West Virginia. I think those three are going to NCAA tournament teams. They'll battle each other. I, I do think there's a little separation between TCU and Texas, maybe over West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia's got, had, had a number of losses. People graduate. But, you know, what, what a great job. We all know what a great job Nikki does every year, year in, year out. And she's a fantastic coach. And that, that staff's a great staff. And they'll figure it out. And they'll be right there um, competing. So uh, not only in the Big 12, those three teams, but on a national thing. I think the – the one real sleeper um, in that group is the Tom Stones group. We all know what a what a really good coach Tom is and and motivator Tom is. And I think you know they have a they have a striker that that can score goals. And I, and I think that is going to be key in the Big Twelve. I don't think there's enough strikers. I think TCU separates themselves because they've got a couple of them that are that are very dangerous. And I think if you if you have somebody in that league, it's going to score goals and scores goals in the conference. And I think Tom does. I think the key with his group is can they all get on the same page? Can they all, you know, can they all listen to what Tom has to say and and you know game in and game out? If they do, I think they can they can definitely sneak in the top three. 
Um, and I think there can, they can be an NCAA tournament team. It's going to be interesting. The other one's uh, Colin at Oklahoma State. You know, he's got a striker that that will score goals within the conference, but I'm not sure. I think there's been some some losses that some losses there to to where they you know where are they going to fall this year. I think they've got a chance to get in that upper level, but I think they're in that middle that middle tier. Um, I think you'll see some movement this year by Oklahoma. I think everybody's been watching and waiting to see Oklahoma and what are they going to what are they going to do? They've been recruiting, I think, really well, and uh, you know, been a lot of players come and go in that program in the, in the last few years. So I think they're ready to to make a statement um, in not only the conference, but you know, see see what they can do on a, on a national scale. And then you know, you 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 never know where to put Mark, Mark Francis's Kansas group. They're you know one of the best coaches in the country. You know, sometimes he's uh, he's fighting for the championship, and sometimes they fall in the middle of the pack with it too. So he's always he's always a wild card. Uh, but you know, Mark and his staff will will do a great job in, in coaching that group. And I, I just don't know if they have enough goals and can they score can they score goals within their conference. So I think you've got at least three to probably four NCAA tournament teams in TCU, Texas, West Virginia, and I'm I would say Texas Tech. Um, the winner, I think, clearly is the is is the favorite, and and you know, we we will see them, you know, fairly early. They're going to play a lot of great non-conference games. It's is TCU. Um, not only are they, they're favorite in the uh, Big Twelve, but again, I think they're one of the top five teams in in the country. I think your sleeper team is Tom Stone's Texas Tech team. Um, watch out for them. Um, and then I think the team to watch is is the University of Texas. I think, again, it's a program that we've all been waiting to see. Two unbelievable players and uh, a lot of really, really good players in that program. Can they all put things together on the field and off the field? And if they do, watch out because there's a lot of talent in that team. So this should be a fun league. This should be a really uh, a fun league to watch all year. I think it'll be a lot of really close games. Very good, Robbie. Very good. All right, I'm going to uh, – anything to add? Chris, Brian? Uh, yeah, Um I think TCU is the class of the league as well. And, you know, as you mentioned, Messiah Bright, probably the top forward in the league. And, you know, they bring in Tyler Iskreg, who is a really talented kid who can score goals. Uh, and and they score a lot of goals anyway. So I, I, I just think TCU is the class of the league. Tyler can really hit a ball. Yeah. <laughs> He can smack a ball yeah. with, with either feet, and she yeah. doesn't mind. And she doesn't mind shooting. She so does not. She does. Once she gets once she gets past midfield, it's it, you better be ready because yeah. it will fly. But she has uh, she scored some great. I've seen her score some great goals. On TCU is a fascinating team with that schedule as well. That's yeah. a really really hard schedule. Really talented, and they almost came back with Brandy. Uh, Peterson and Grace Collins, two kids who've been All-American. Yeah. What if they had those two? They'd be a very, very legit national championship contender. No question. They no really question. would, Brian. Where'd that one player go? The Grace Collins kid. Where did she go? I don't know. I heard she's all right. <laughs> uh, I mean, the center back who went to Southern Cal, that's a great player too. He is. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, they're they're a scary team for sure. And they have those guys. Good Lord. All right. Uh, let's go. Um, I'm going to go with the Big Ten next, Chris. We'll save the ACC and the SEC for the end. Good? Good. All right, Chris. All right. So I got the Big Ten. Um, you guys know on this uh, list quite often I am a uh, Michigan fan. 
Uh, and I'm going with them again. They are loaded. They're back. Um, had a great run. I think, I really think watching the games, there's a chance they're in the college cup. If they don't have to play Florida state in the, in the quarters. Uh, I think they were that good. They were playing really well at the right time. Jen Klein's done an unbelievable job since going up there. So I think they're great. I think it's followed very closely by our good friends. Uh, who is Rutgers? Uh, Rutgers is back. He's got the super freshman is back. Is going to be really dangerous. Again, they still have a number of good players. Lost a couple important pieces, but he does. Mike does such a good, good job. Um, and then Penn State. Who is Penn State? <laughs> I go with. Uh, I mean, obviously, what an offseason they've had with the players they've added um, in uh, Penelope Hawkins and Smith. And they are loaded as loaded can be. And maybe it's time for them to come back to where they their natural spot at the top. So to me, it's a three horse race and a really good three horse race with those three teams that I think can all reach the College Cup in uh, in Rutgers and Penn State in um, Michigan. And it's going to be really fun to watch. So to me, that's the top tier, as Brian's calling it. I think in the next tier, and it's not too far away, is uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State. And and listen, Michigan State, although they left lost David Cook, they're still a very, very good team. And he's done a great job. And to me, they're still in that, that next group. I probably would put um, – so if you're talking about tier two, you're going Wisconsin, Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, Minnesota. Purdue um, and probably and Iowa, I would put in there as well. And then in that bottom group, um, you know, you've got, Mar you know, Maryland was at the bottom last year, but we know uh, their coach is going to do a fantastic job. She's in, she's did a great job with Rutgers, Meg, and, and I think she will get them going. And I think that's a team that you can look at getting a really good first year bump because they had some really quality players. She gets them all kind of rowing in the same direction. Look out for Maryland to start to climb back up. But I'm still going to keep them in the bottom tier with uh, Northwestern Illinois and Nebraska and, and Indiana. Um, for me, that's the kind of bottom group. Um, but it's a fun league. It's a fun league, game in and game out. Uh, always, always really, really dangerous. Um, but if you're asking me who's going to win it, I'm going with Michigan. And if you're asking me for the uh, someone to watch, I think it's got to be Penn State could make a run back to the top. And then my sleeper, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is, is quality again. She does such a good job. There's a good chance. Um, that's how it rolls. All right. Any questions? Um, two things. Two things. Yeah. I, I've got to go. I've got to go with um, with Penn State. Look at that forward line. In, in, in uh, Amelia, in she in this year as a freshman? Amelia White? The white, yes, uh, yeah. So look at that. Look at the forward line. You Hawking, yeah. Hawking, Smith, White. That's 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 a quality forward, forward line. Yeah. So I, I think for me, they get a nod, not over everybody, just because of their goal scoring ability with it too. And then I got to defend my boy Irwin, uh, putting him in the bottom in the bottom half over there. I think <laughs> is is unfair. I'm moving him out of the bottom half. Uh, you know, he's going to be in that low block and you know, he's going to defend if he can find some goals, uh, they're going to, they're going to surprise a lot of people. Keep your you eye. can put him in any tier you want church. It's my group. Anybody else? It's just Chris? super interesting. That's three legit college cup. Yes. Teams. And the, the depth in the big 10, the bottom end of the big 10 is really improved Yeah, as well. It's a, it's a league on an upswing. To be honest with you, I, I missed 
I missed uh, Indiana when I was going through, so I just threw him in the back. <laughs> that's that's my bat. That's my bat. <laughs> I, I, uh, had to, I had to defend him on my phone. Yeah, for sure. Chris, anything to add? Are we good? No, nah, all good. All right, let's go. Uh, we'll we'll go to the SEC with Brian, uh, and then end with the granddaddy of them all in the ACC. So, Ooh. Brian, let's go with the SEC. All right, last year you kind of had Arkansas, Tennessee at the top, clear one and one A, and then eleven of the fourteen teams won at least three games in the league. So really parity reigns supreme behind the top, top two. Um, coming into this year, you got to consider Tennessee big favorites, a very athletic team, even in a very athletic league. All those young players, new coach who seems to be uh, jiving very well. Uh, then we get into the second tier, Arkansas, South Carolina. I think it's a year for Arkansas to see are they a program or was that a great class that came through? They had five years of one of the best classes in SEC history. If they can maintain things, Kobe's really got something going if he can stay top two or three with that turnover. And then South Carolina, you know, for me, that's a you're generally a no-name team. Kids come in without big names. They recruit really hard, do a great job coaching them. And by the time they leave, they're usually leaving with a trophy. Uh, and they're, and uh, some pro prospects as well. Right behind them, A&M and Vandy. A&M's got way too much talent to finish 81st in the RPI again. I'm sure they'll be back. Vandy, same thing. You know, differently built team. Really good if it was just a Rondo. They might be national champs. Um, but behind them, what I call the middle class, where you get the big group. Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Ole Miss, LSU could come up any different direction. Um, Ole Miss obviously has got some big losses. Auburn loses Melanson. LSU lost to Nay Alexander. Uh, Georgia lost some good players, brought in KD. So we'll see if they can make that little leap with a new coach. Um, and then fighting for the wooden spoon, try and stay out of the back four. SEC is such a unique if you move from Orange Beach, Matt, is it yeah. out of Orange Beach, the tournament? Where'd it go? Pensacola? Pensacola, yeah. So still a little beachy. So it's a big deal to finish top 10 in that league. These aren't in any order. Year two for Galan at Missouri. I think she's one of the best coaches in the league and one of the best coaches in the country. And I think a year of put inputting her system helps a ton and gets them off the floor. James in Mississippi State, he's one of our uh, – Favorites brings in the AAC freshman of the year transfer from East Carolina is going to need some goals from her and it helped the cause Kentucky, some great transfer pickups. Fabiano's got an awesome resume from Milwaukee. We'll see if they can get out of the bottom four. And then lastly, Florida, not a more difficult situation to be coming in probably in the country. Um, so, but it's still Florida. So it wouldn't surprise anyone if they got into the top 10. Oh, and you want my winner. My winner's yep. Tennessee. That, right. You know, they're not quite TCU level favorite to me, but they're a big favorite. Um, sleeper to win is Arkansas. That system, we're about to find out if it's more about the system than the players, and it might be more about the system, and they, they could sneak up and win. And then uh, kind of the sleeper, I'll put them together. Uh, the Reyes kid from Alabama is back again without as much international duty as she's seen recently. That's one of the best players in the, in the SEC and she should be fresh. And I think for Wes and Alabama, 
to really make that leap out of the middle of the pack, they need a player to emerge as a player of the year type kid. It's hard to win that league without one of the best players in the league. So they've got all the other pieces. They just need someone to step forward, maybe to be Reyes. Okay, good. Chris, anything to add? Uh, no, I, I, I am interested to see in, in Alabama. I think that's one that, you know, there's been some, some chatter about. So uh, I'm interested to, to see uh, what comes of Alabama. And uh, I do agree that, that Tennessee looks to be the strongest one in the group. Churchy? No, I, I think that's pretty clear um, with, yeah. with Tennessee. Um, look forward to seeing that goal scorer for Ole Miss play. Um, I think <laughs> to, provide, to provide some go, some good goals and win some games for him. So look forward to watching her play. Yeah. All right. Let's finish it up, Chris. You got the big one, the ACC. <laughs> what an offseason they have had. <laughs> well, I think to start, you know, we're talking about, you know, this league is this many teams that, you know, could get in this, you know, with with the ACC, it's this. There's just three teams that don't have a chance. Everybody else has a chance, right? So if you if you take you know Miami and Syracuse and, and Boston College, they're they're just not there. They're not there. And then after that, I guess there's ten left. Any one of those teams could be in the NCAA tournament. Any one of them. Um, and 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 those teams will all win games in the non-conference season. And it will come down to, you know, how they all do against each other. I did see that Louisville has a really, really difficult schedule. And, you know, that, that concerns me a little bit, a, a little bit for them. Um, Pitt is, you know, coming up and uh, had a good run last year and, and maybe without, uh, without the injury to, to West, maybe they, they end up in a, you know, in the tournament um, had a nice win against Penn state and, in the preseason. So Pitt's a team to watch for I mean, every one of them. We, we could go through every one of them and, and know that um, each one of these teams has, has uh, a chance to be in the ACC tournament. Now I'm, I'm sorry, the NCAA tournament. Um, now, you know, the interesting, I think this is a really interesting league and it's really interesting at the top. Um, any of these, you know, teams from, you know, five to 10 can upset people. Uh, but the teams at the top are, are so talented and, and so good. Whenever you're talking about championships, you got to start by saying North Carolina. Um, if North Carolina is, they've won so many times, um, they have to be considered a favorite for, for any championship that, you know, that they're involved in. So, you, you know, and you know that, that they've got players and many of them. And, uh, you know, I, what did I see? Their roster has like 40 some players or some crazy number and, you know, they'll probably play them all in, in, in the game and, you know, it'll be uh, like, like it always is. But, but, you know, here's the thing. There are talented, talented kids there. There are a number of really, really good players there. I think, I think Macy Bell's fantastic. Um, I've always loved Sam Mesa and, and, and the way that she's played. So there's a, a, a lot of good, a lot of good players there. Um, Virginia is a team that you guys know that I've always had great things to say about Virginia. I, I, I love the way they play. But they had a lot of loss. They, they lost a lot, you know, and they'll still be very good. But I'm not quite sure that they're going to be ready to win uh, win championship. Um, Eddie's done a fantastic job at Clemson. Matt, I know you saw them, you know, recently. And I think they're they're a very, very good team. Um, again, breaking into that 
you know, that group top three or four may be difficult for them, but they're a, a good team. Super interesting what goes on at, at, at Florida State. I mean, extremely interesting. You know, they lost some really important players. You know, Emily Madrill is, is, was kind of the heart of that team. Um, and I think that's a big loss for them. Olivia Smith transferring over to, to uh, Penn State. Um, if you haven't seen Olivia Smith play, you're going to enjoy watching her. She is a, a good, good player. Um, I'm not quite sure that Florida State is going to be quite where they were uh, a year ago, but I still think they'll be a big, uh, a good team. But for me, the, the best team in the league and the team that's going to win the league is Duke. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm putting the curse on Robbie, but, but look at this. Look at this. They got, you could argue this, but maybe the best goalkeeper in the country. Maybe the best goalkeeper in the country. I'd argue. Yeah, you might. You might. Um, That's a good argument. <laughs> they've got maybe the best center midfielder in, in the country in Sophie Jones, right? Um, if she's not the best, anybody in the country would love to have her on their team. They got one of the best center forwards in the country in, in, in Cooper. So, you know, you go up the spine, and I know, you know, there, there was maybe uh, – some loss to graduate graduation in the back, but you go up the spine and, and it's pretty good. No, it's really good. It's, it's really good. They're very, very talented players up the spine. And, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's, you know, some players that'll, that'll plug in into some of those holes that, that were created. And, and that's a very, very talented team. Um, as talented as anybody in the country, in, in my opinion. So, I'm picking Duke as, as the team to win the league. Um, the team to watch is Florida State. I mean, it's just going to be so interesting to see, you know, what what Florida State uh, what Florida State does and 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 what they become. Um, and and the sleeper, and this is the funny one, the sleeper is North Carolina. <laughs> there is such a thing because again, they can win at any time, any any day, you know, any year. Uh, they could be walking away with the trophy. Very nicely done, Chris. I, I must admit, I would say I have a couple comments. Number one, I do think if you were drafting a forward in the country, how is Michelle Cooper not your first pick? That would be my first point. So I do think I do think Robbie has the the top player, the top forward for sure in the country. Is there, a um, is there a possibility she could come out early and we can draft her? <laughs> no, you don't have a high enough draft no, choice, Chris. <laughs> no. Don't talk like that. No. <laughs> and then I also think um, the biggest issue the ACC has, in my opinion, is how poor a year last year North Carolina had. They're not going two years, two poor years in a row. There's just no way that they aren't going to be back just trying to smash everybody. So it's, and then I, and how, like, I'm with you, Chris, how do you count out Virginia? And I just watched Clemson firsthand a week ago and they were excellent. I thought they were excellent. I thought they were better than any team I played in our league last year um, at that in preseason. Um, so I think you've got a number of good teams in that league. That's not even including, like you said, wake and NC state and so on and so forth. So um, certainly a, a fun, will be a fun league to watch. Brian, anything that? Chris called UNC a sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> Things that have never been said. <laughs> totally. All right. Listen, Thank you. Any, Listen them off. 
exactly. Anton didn't know my name is Robbie. He's not listening. Don't worry. Don't worry. That was um, the interview ever. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, in the interest of time, we're going to do this very quickly. Okay. So not a lot of discussion, but uh, we're going to go, Brian, you're going first. Your final four this year's your guess for the final four and then the national champion. All right. I'm going to go UCLA, Duke, UNC, and Penn State. Who wins it? Who else? The Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> Robbie's, Robbie's been to the finals with, with lesser teams than this. Yeah. Okay. Churchy, you're four. Can I include ourselves? You, you cannot include yourself. Nope. Not, not include ourselves. I forgot to say that. Either can you, Brian. Oh, you didn't, Brian. Sorry. I won't either. We, we, I got us going out in the quarterfinals. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. TCU, North Carolina, Virginia, Penn State. How painful was that to play in North Carolina? <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm Who wins gonna, it? Who I'm going to say anything. Um, Penn State. All right. High on the Nittany Lions. Chris? Uh, pretty uh, very similar to Bryant. Um, North Carolina, Duke, Penn State. But I'll take Stanford as, uh, uh, as the fourth. I, uh, I'm looking for a rebound from them. And uh, same thing. I, I, as I said, I, I think Duke is, is loaded. And not only do they have all of these talented players, they have the most well-respected coach in the country. And you put him on a sideline and everybody knows that they're in for a tough day when they play him. I'm taking Duke to win and, and Robbie getting over that hump. All right. I hate to do this to you, Churchy, but <laughs> I'm going with, and I wrote this down before this happened, <laughs> but I'm going with my four, Duke, North Carolina, Michigan. Let's go Wolverines. And I got to go Virginia. I think it's a three. I think the ACC is going to have three this year like they had before. I think um, I think that they do such a good job there at Virginia. But I, too, I, too, am going with the Blue. And I can tell you, Chris Bryant and I didn't talk about it, but I'm going with the Blue Devils, too. Bring it on. It's time. They were so close um, the last few years to getting there. They're going to get there. Darren's got the Duke shirt going. We're all in on Duke. So, uh, so great. Great episode, guys. We're going to keep rolling. Um, I'm going to read off some of the, the games for the first weekend. Um, and, uh, anybody wants to comment, but I think we got some great opening weekend games. We may have missed a few, but these are the ones that we kind of highlighted. So people, if you're listening, these will be some good games over the weekend, uh, right out the bat, Florida state versus South Carolina should be a fun game. Um, Michigan versus Washington state, Tennessee, uh, versus North Carolina, Penn state versus Georgetown, like Robbie talked about. SMU Rice. Who you got in that one, Chris? <laughs> I'm going for a draw. There it is. There <laughs> it is. Come on. You're not college coach anymore. All right. Baylor, Minnesota. So interesting in the heat. Uh, that's at Baylor. Clemson, Texas A&M. Brian, who you got in that one? Oh, I got no idea. I'm a draw. No joke. <laughs> I remember no overtime. No overtime. No overtime. A lot of draws. A lot of draws. All draws. right. Miami, Mississippi State. Chris, who you got in that one? Draw. Draw. <laughs> uh, um, St. Louis, Arkansas is a good one. 
TCU Wisconsin's a good one at TCU, I believe, right? Uh, UCF Florida. Churchy, who you got in that one? UCF. UCF, okay. SMU at Tennessee. Tough game there. All right, and then it's a couple on Sunday, uh, and we made it almost through the whole episode. We didn't do it, but the picker goes down to Houston to take on Rice on Sunday. Oh, and wow. Then, yep, and then the last one, Brian made me put in Ole Miss versus Memphis, the Derby on Sunday Ooh. night. Ooh. Yes. got in that one? Who you got in that one, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three. Yes, a draw. We'll take a draw. All right, boys. Brave brave predictions. Yes, yeah, we really put ourselves out there. All right, uh, great show, guys. Thank you very much. I think this was fun. We appreciate all the hard work you put into predicting. I know all these predictions will be god-awful and probably wrong, but it was fun to do anyway. Chris, thanks for jumping back on with us. We'll check in with you again soon, as long as we can get clearance from from Red Stars. But good luck to you. Good luck in your next game. Keep it rolling. We're cheering for you. Robbie, good luck on the kickoff. Thank Same you. Same thing, Brian. Good luck at SMU. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll plan on being back next week, right? Well, if we get a date sorted out in a time, for God's sakes, for all you guys. <laughs> all right, everyone. Yes, thanks for listening. College Soccer Nation is out.